following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Ruth 2, open it up. We're going to dive straight in. No introduction this morning. If you missed Ruth chapter 1, I encourage you to go back, check it out. This book is really good. It is four chapters long. It is an easy read. It's very story-based. It's not like you're reading through numbers and all the you know, Levitical code that comes along with Deuteronomy and Leviticus. No, this is just a straightforward story. That doesn't mean you shouldn't read numbers in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, but I'm saying if you're like, man, I really want to read some Bible this year, Ruth, great place to be. So last week we talked about how Ruth comes in, how she is brought into this family. This family loves her deeply. She follows the Lord. Well, now we're going to see what happens as Ruth jumps in to living amongst the people of Israel. So what has happened in the first chapter, um, Elimelech and his sons and Naomi, his wife, flee a famine in Israel and move to Moab. They were in Bethlehem, and so they actually go up and over the Dead Sea to Moab. There the two sons meet, get married, their wives Orpah and Ruth. All the men of the family die. Naomi hears that the famine is over in Bethlehem and decides her best bet is to return to her family there. Orpah and Ruth go with her. She says, no, stay. It's better for you here. Orpah says, after much heart-wrenching, she turns around, but Ruth says, no, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. She makes a confession to say, your God will be my God. So she follows to Bethlehem. They return to Bethlehem. The people of Bethlehem go, there's Naomi, our friend. She goes, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Because of how the Lord has dealt with me, I am bitter. So Mara is bitterness. And so here she is in the midst of losing her husband, of losing her sons. And so now she has returned with a foreign woman who was married to one of her sons, and they are in need. So this is what transpires. Ruth 2, verses 1 and 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech. Elimelech, yeah, let's go with it. Whose name was Boaz, much easier. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. After him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. So Naomi says, go ahead. A couple of quick things here. This idea of worthy man, I want us to hold on to that because as you look at this idea, this worthy man aspect of Boaz is that he would have been respected in and amongst the people of Bethlehem, not only as someone who was worthy, but the same way is in which the warriors of Joshua were spoken of. So this Hebrew idea of a worthy man is not just about, oh, he has money, he has land. It is, no, he is a warrior, he is just, he is fair, he is kind. So a worthy man is Boaz. And we get this thing here in verse 2. Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. So this goes back to Leviticus 23, 22, 
Whereas God is setting up the code for the Israelites, he says this, and when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to the edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So a couple things that happen there. So God is telling the people, listen, you could maximize your profit if you make sure edge to edge, field to field, every little piece is picked up. Don't do that. Just start the harvest and go because I want the edges of your field and the gleanings that fall down, those are for the less fortunate and the sojourners in your land. So God is taking care of the poor and the migrant in the lands of Israel. He's saying, listen, your whole crop, which I've given to you, now you give some of it to those in need. And so this is so important. He ends it with, I am the Lord your God. That's the seal, right? There it is. I am the Lord your God. This is Lord, all caps. I am Yahweh your God. He's saying, listen, if someone tries to tell you different, you say, no, 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 you can tell me a lot of things, but this was Yahweh told us this. So what Naomi has taught Ruth is that the owners of the fields in this area, if they are good followers of Yahweh, will leave the edges of the field and the gleanings for those in need. So Naomi tells, or uh, Ruth tells her mother-in-law, you stay home, I'll go out to these fields. And listen to what she says. I will glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. Hold on to that idea. Ruth 2, 3 through 4. So she, Ruth, went out and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come upon the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. So here we have Naomi comes out, or Ruth comes out, and she knows. She goes, I want to glean in the fields of the one who's going to have favor on me. So she walks out in a prayer, right? She goes, not only do I need to do this so that we survive, but I want to go to a place where someone will take favor upon me. And she ends up, she's gleaning, she's going through, following the reapers, and she ends up in the fields of Boaz. And I love that Boaz, Boaz just a good dude, right? He comes out to check on his field, the guy's working his field, he goes, hey, the Lord be with you, right? And it's not a bunch of guys going, yeah, hey, Boaz, no, the Lord bless you, right? It's just back and forth. They're excited. Here comes the boss. He's a good boss. He blesses them in the name of the Lord. They bless him back in the name of the Lord. Five through seven. Then Boaz said to the young man who was in charge of the reapers, so his head harvester, whose woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. So in these verses, we get a few things. The first, a young Moabite woman. Six times, Ruth will be called a Moabite woman. In chapter 1, verse 4, chapter 2, verse 2, 
verse 6 and verse 21 of chapter 2, chapter 4, verses 5 and 10. So there's this underscoring that she is a foreigner, that she is not from here. Now, we don't know if this reaper is using it as a slang or just to describe where she has come from, but we know that throughout the book of Ruth, people know she is not of the people of Israel. Then there are two things that happen. Whose young woman is this? An interesting turn of phrase in our day and age. Because that would be a real strange thing to do. Not, hey, who is that? But whose young woman is this? Which seems a little like weird, old Boaz. What are you doing, man? But think about it this way. They know the widowers, the sojourners, the poor, the ones who are gleaning. So Boaz looks out and sees a young woman who could be of married age. And he goes, well, why is she here? And that whose woman is this is not about him going, uh, who's, you know, whose wife is this out here in my field? No, he's going to say, I want to know her family. What's her connection? Why is she here? Because he knows that if a woman is widowed, especially a young woman, there should be things in place to take care of her. She should not be one of the people gleaning in his field. So he asks, whose woman is this? Not as a derogatory, but because he wants to discover her story. It is strange that she would be gleaning in the fields. And so they say she is with Naomi. So that connection of her story, why is she here? Her father-in-law is dead. Her husband is dead. Her brother-in-law is dead. There's no one else in her family to take care of her. So she is here gleaning in the fields. And the reaper says something interesting. She came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. This is the harvester going, listen, we're out working hard, and she's right behind us the whole way. That he notices that Ruth has come out, and she's just not there kind of going, oh, a little this, a little that. Ruth in her has a push and a motivation that says, I have to take care of me and my mother-in-law. So she is working hard behind the, reaper, the reapers, the harvesters. Eight and nine. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Now this section, again, could seem kind of strange. What's going on? Boaz is this worthy man. Talks kind of weird for a worthy man. Well, let's go. When he says daughter, that's not him going, oh, you are my daughter. That is him trying to respect her as a woman that is within his proximity, but not directly right now of his house. There is not a direct relation of how do we discuss and then he does something that's very worthy. He goes, listen, do not leave my fields. Because he recognizes a couple things. One, that she is a young woman. That she, is, you know, she has just been married. 
So she is of that age. He knows she's a Moabite from a foreign country. And he knows she's in need. So he directs a couple of things. As the owners of these fields, he says, listen, first, go with my young women. So he puts her in protection. He says, listen, go with my young women. Don't be alone. He puts her in community. That they have come here, just Naomi and Ruth. And he says, no, you glean not with the outside. You come glean with my young women who are working in this field as well. And don't go to another field because I've told my young men not to touch you. Now that's, you know, okay, well, what's this about? Well, he set up another ring of protection around her because she is a young woman from a foreign land. And listen, you read about the people of Israel, they're not great with young women from foreign lands. They're not respectful. God is constantly coming to them and going, have I not told you to take care of the poor and the sojourner within your borders? Have I not told you over and over again? We will hear God declare this to the people of Israel. There's a point in Amos where he comes down hard on the people through the prophet Amos. He says, listen, you would sell the poor for a pair of sandals. And that's why his judgment is coming against them. So for Boaz to say, listen, I want you... There's a lot of other things that are going to give you anxiety in your life. You gleaning in the fields, not one of them. You will have community. You will have protection. My young men will protect you. And I've told them, remember, these are young men. When he shows up, he goes, the Lord bless you. And their response is, the Lord bless you too. There's a good relationship here. So he's told his guys, he's like, listen, not only do you protect her, you protect her from others that if others were to come in and cause issue with her being a Moabite, with her being a young unmarried woman, that now you have a bunch of young farmhands ready for a dust-up, right? So Boaz has set up protection for her. And then he does something interesting. He takes a step further, and it's almost a throwaway moment here where he says, and when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. And we go, duh, right? The young dudes, they're pulling up a bucket, they just leave it there. But if you go back and look in Deuteronomy, in Joshua, when the Israelites conquer lands, the people of those lands become their water bearers. They are set at a distance from the people of Israel. What Boaz has just said is not only do you drink from water drawn by Israelites, you drink from water drawn by young men. You are one of us. That Boaz, just only knowing she is a young woman from Moab connected with Naomi, has said, you are in the family. So much so that you do not draw water for yourself or for others. No, we draw water for you. Because drawing water, we think about it today, right? Not a problem, right? Faucet on, faucet off. No, 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 no. Drawing water might be five fields away. And it's a bucket down and it's a bucket up and it's filling your bottles and it's walking it back. What Boaz has just done is eliminated the need for her to 
stop gleaning to go get water and come back. And he goes, no, 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 no. What we bring here, you drink. You're part of the family. 10 through 12. Then she, Ruth, fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you shall come to take refuge. Ruth understands what Boaz is saying to her, the blessings he is giving to her. And she says, what have I done? And this is amazing. She doesn't realize what she's done. She goes, what have I done to deserve this? And he goes, I have heard your exploits before you ever came here. Because he is of Naomi's clan. Think of it like this. Your favorite aunt moves away to a foreign country loses everyone but her daughter-in-law who returns to take care of her. What would you as a family do for that woman? Here Boaz has the means and the power to do something and without hesitation does it. And he recognizes the, what she's going through. He doesn't look and go, oh, you're a foreigner. You're far away from the people of Israel. You don't matter. He goes, no, you gave it all away for the care and service of your mother-in-law. You gave away your people and your name and your land and you came here. So yeah, I'm going to bless you. And notice how he does this. The Lord, so this is that all capitalized Lord, which means Yahweh. Yahweh repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. He is giving her a blessing, not only of his physical means, but of the Lord for her. Verses 13 and 14. Then Ruth said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoke kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and had some left over. A young woman who has traveled from her country with her mother-in-law, who they have no idea how they're going to get anything. And the first day she walks into the fields, she has been blessed to say, you are under protection, you are in community, you are one of us. Come break bread. Not only has Boaz taken care of her, and he could have stopped anywhere along the way, and it would have been worthy. It would have been worthy if he said, only glean my fields. It would have been worthy if he had said, be with my young women, be in that community. You're protected by my young men. Be as our family, drink from what we draw. But no, he says, come to our table. 
This is a man with no fear what anyone will be saying that night at the local tavern when they go, that Moabite woman showed up and Boaz sat there and ate with her. And he goes, don't care. She's part of the family. He invites her to eat amongst his people. He invites a destitute foreigner who is doing the menial work of gleaning to eat with him and his harvesters. He serves her with a meal of his own hands. He up and takes her status and lifts it up. Verses 15 through 17. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out from some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephath of barley. An ephath being like, wow, what a huge ephath, right? It's a lot of barley, okay? Now here's where I love like, we've gotten this beautiful picture of Boaz is following Yahweh. He said, listen, the foreigner, the sojourner in my land, I will take care of him. This is where we get a little bit of romance. Because this is a book of romance that God created that stuff too. But here Boaz is going, you know, he pulls the young guy over and goes, listen, all right, just pay attention. If she gets a little close to you guys, no worries, all right? And listen, if you drop a few of these sheaves, no big deal, my guy. Like, just, just leave it there. Make sure she knows, like, you know, it's my field. Just remind her every once in a while. Oh, nice stuff, but like, you know, so he's starting, Boaz is starting to think, you know, hey, you know, she's, you know, there's this possibility that, you know, in the family and I could take care of her. And so Boaz is starting to play a little game. I have learned from Gen Z, they call this Riz, which made no sense to me. It's short for charisma. And I go, is charisma that hard to say? but I'm 85 years old now, so the Boaz is here thrown on the riz. 18 and 19, and she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and also brought out and gave her what food had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, this man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And this is where like, don't get me wrong, there's gonna be so much we learn from this piece of scripture. We're getting into the romantic comedy that is the book of Ruth. Because then Ruth, Naomi says, and Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, this man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. We're going to talk more about that next week. This is like a little bit of like come back for next episode. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young man until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young woman, lest in another field you be assaulted. And so she kept close to the young woman of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. 
Remember at the end of last chapter, Naomi is showing up. She's not cursing God, but she says, I'm bitter for what has happened to me. And here she says this, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi begins to see that in Boaz, the kindness of God is still alive. There are three characters I want to end with today to talk about what do we pull out of this for ourselves. The first is Boaz. Here's a man who hears the law of the Lord, understands it, and not only says this is the law of the Lord, but says this is the way we are to be. And so he treats those who enter his fields in a different way. He treats them well. Now there will be a whole story here about Ruth and Boaz, but I think this is a good example for us today to say the sojourners in our lives, in our country, in our places, God has called us to love and care for them. How do we follow the example of Boaz? That he offers protection, community, and belonging. We look at Ruth, who had every right to be broken down. But when she walks out, she says, I will find the field with who I have favor. Reminds me of this proverb, 16.9, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That when Ruth walks out of the house for a hard day's labor, her thought is not to be how terrible is my situation, but is instead as a new follower of Yahweh to say, someone will bring me favor because of what the Lord has done. She is trusting that when she steps out, he will cover her. And finally, in the midst of all of this is God. That we see throughout this chapter how God cares for his people with his people. That his loving kindness can be extended through the people of God. That we see that his love for others, when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, this is what it looks like to welcome in those who would be different, who would be far off, to bring them near. And in this, we have a small glimpse of who Jesus is through what Boaz does. That in the book of John, it will be said, for Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. That Boaz is a type of Christ. He is not Jesus, but he reflects a character of who Jesus is. That when Jesus looks and sees people wandering, gleaning, trying to make it in the world, he says, of course I'll go to the cross for you. Of course I will sacrifice for you to be in our community, in the belonging of the body of Christ, to know you are loved. Let's pray. Lord, may we rejoice in the story of Ruth, in the example of Boaz, in your unending love that is reflected throughout this story.
Lord, may it affect us as we go out this week. May we look around us to say, who are the people that God is inviting us to bring into our communities, to bring protection to, to bring belonging to? May we be challenged to do those things because we see that God has done those things for us. Amen. Thank you.